D F S. It is Friday, October 28th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 8 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shelf. With me, as always, Jared Smolin. Jared, before we get to the picks on this side, I got to be honest with the folks who are watching or listening and say that I'm not going to be playing any of these guys or anyone else on FanDuel this week. And that is because I've had the absolute worst customer support experience that I have ever had with any company with FanDuel. It started with me realizing at some point in July that they had suspended my account for suspicious activity, which I'm not sure how I could have been doing anything suspicious over that span where I was not even playing. I'm not, I don't play any MLB DFS. I don't play NBA. I don't play hockey. I made some NCAA tournament bets on the sports book side. So maybe that was suspicious. Maybe me betting on the chargers to win next year's <laughs> back in January. Maybe that was suspicious. I could get, but nothing. I tried doing their, you know, I, I told them about it. They give you the process where they're like, you have to give us 1,200 forms of identification. You have to show us a picture of your last kid. You have to send us a sample of your pet's stool. You know, I did all that stuff. Haven't been reactivated yet. I let it linger for a while. I tried it again. Haven't been reactivated yet. Can't get anybody to answer me an email. Can't get anybody in chat to say anything different other than, oh, we're going to have you do the same thing you did before. I I might be all done playing on FanDuel, but I care more about helping those who are watching or listening to us win on FanDuel than I do about, you know, not pushing people to play on there. It's just more money for you to play on underdog and, and sleeper and, and DraftKings. So you'll be, you'll, there's plenty of options, plenty of options out there. If I could get it back, they got it locked up. So yeah, that's my recommendation. You know, listen to these players because these are the people who I would play if I were on FanDuel this week. But if you have a choice, feel free to play your money elsewhere. I back it completely so with that out of the way jared quarterback for cash what are you playing on FanDuel this week yeah i'm i'm leaning geno smith right now and yeah, i don't love him i don't love any quarterback on this slate. you know sam, sam ellinger is not discounted nearly enough to to play in cash or i, I think anywhere on FanDuel. but geno smith still just seven thousand uh, dollars you know no dk metcalf obviously hurts but again i, th- I think that's kind of priced in here um you know, he's quarterback 11 in FanDuel salary this week. He's quarterback five in our main slate projections. He has a healthy Tyler Lockett. Lockett was a full go in Thursday's practice. So he's going to be, you know, he's over that hamstring injury, it looks like. Um, you know, we'll see what Marquise Goodwin does replacing DK Metcalf. But Seattle's tight ends have been really efficient this season. 86% completion rate for Geno Smith throwing to his tight ends, 9.0 yards per attempt. So I think, um, those guys, you know, Noah Fan, Will Disley in particular can help uh, you know, make up for the loss of DK Metcalf. Yeah, I agree. Geno Smith's my guy, 7,000 against the Giants, a top 10 scoring matchup for QBs. Geno's only had two bad fantasy outings so far, and those are just the games where he didn't happen to find the end zone passing. He had 80% completion rate in the first of those two games in the week two loss to San Francisco. He had 48 rushing yards in the other game week six against Arizona. So like even in real life, those games weren't horrible. Statistically, two plus touchdown passes in every other game. He feels a bit safer to me than the other guys in the 7K range. I think you could certainly argue Tua at 7,700 if the salary doesn't matter. I think Derek Carr at 7,200 is okay against the Saints, but he hasn't been as good in real life or fantasy as Geno Smith so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some issues in that passing game. So Geno Smith's going to be my guy for cash too. 
I do think Dak Prescott has become a bit more interesting if Zeke Elliott's going to miss. I think that's going to push Dallas a bit more towards the pass. That, that's kind of my knock against Dak this week because I'm not sure how much he's going to have to throw. But I, I think he's okay uh, if he wanted to go his direction in cash at 7200 bucks. Yeah, I, I won't argue strongly with that, but that's not the way. I would be going in the hypothetical scenario where I have an active account on FanDuel and I'm playing. On the GPP side, Jared, I'm not sure any QB approaches Jalen Hurts in ceiling on this slate, and that that mm-hmm. might make him the guy that we need to play here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely possible if if you know he has one of his two rushing touchdown days and he uh, throws for two, like you know he he's going to be in the GPP winning team because there you know we have no Josh Allen, we have no Patrick Mahomes on the slate, we have no Lamar Jackson. It's kind of you know Jalen Hurts. Kyler Murray, if you still consider him an elite quarterback, he hasn't been so far this season. And then, you know, a bunch of these, these middling guys. So there's definitely an argument to be made for Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure I'm going to get to him at that price just because I I think if this is another blowout, we've seen like they're willing to kind of just run out the clock in the second half of these games when the Eagles are winning by a whole lot. And I think that might be the case against Pittsburgh. Um, I want to mention Derek Carr, who we didn't talk about on the DraftKings show. You know, I think it's most likely that this is another big Josh Jacobs game you know, with the Raiders favorites against new Orleans. But if for whatever reason, the Raiders either decide to go past heavier or are forced to go past heavier. Like I think Cart will have success against this saints defense. That's, you know, already 20th in football outsiders past defense DVOA. They're going to be without Marshawn Lattimore again this week. It looks like, so, you know, that, that sets Devonta Adams up for a big game. So I, I think, you know, a car Adam stack is nice leverage off of Josh Jacobs, who is going to be pretty popular again. I can understand the argument for it. I think I would be a little bit comfier with it if Devontae Adams weren't dealing with the bad flu this week, which, you know, it might not challenge his avail- availability for the game, but it very well might have him at something less than full strength. Um, I, it's not a passing game I'm going to get to because of the other options that are in a similar range. And to me, Kirk Cousins is like the, higher floor, higher ceiling version of that at 7,800 against the Cardinals. We can absorb any value from the Kyler Murray lineups with the Kirk Cousins play in that same game. We can play DeAndre Hopkins as the run back to get the guy who's apparently going to get 58% of Kyler's targets. Um, Hopkins and Justin Jefferson top our FD dollars per point rankings. Adam Thielen's in play at 6,200. Irv Smith at 5,000 gets one of the league's worst tight end defenses. So I would be double stacking Kirk Cousins with two of his pass catchers and probably DeAndre Hopkins as well. The Cardinals D also plays the run much tougher than the pass and second highest opponent pass rate over expected for the season. So Cardinals opponents are throwing on them. The Vikings now are much more willing to go ahead and throw, even if they're not trailing than they were under Mike Zimmer. You could check that pass rate over expected in the free article on draftsharks.com right now comes out every Wednesday. So just all that wrapped up. I like the spot for Kirk cousins and all of the guys that you can play with them in that lineup. Yep. I'm with you like Kirk cousins at the tournament play. Um, then I'll mention to a tag of Aloha here again, um, it gets this Lions defense. We've seen them get into shootouts, especially early in the season when their weapons were healthy and we're going to get the Andre Swift back for this game. I'm on Ross St. Brown should be clear from concussion protocol. Then two, I mean, We've only seen it. We've only seen the ceiling once in that Ravens game. Um, but just watching this offense, like you can see, it's explosive. Even in the game against the Steelers last week, like they got off to a hot start. They kind of sat on the lead uh, for most of the rest of that game. But like we, we know, you know, with Jalen Waddle, with Tyreek Hill, they're in a in a dome here on the turf. Like this is a game where you know Tua could go off and, and you know bring those pass catchers along with them. 
Yeah, that game got so boring. I turned it over to baseball to get something more exciting. <laughs> Running back for cash, Jared. Josh Jacobs is up to nine thousand bucks, but I don't think that's too expensive. He's still a thousand cheaper than Derrick Henry. He's almost as good a carry bet. He's a better bet for targets. New Orleans defense used to be scary against the run, but they're currently just nineteenth in run defense DVOA. The Raiders are a slight favorite on the road. And I mentioned the unhealthy passing game. Darren Waller returned to practice this week, but he's still somewhere short of 100%. We have Devontae Adams with the bad flu. We have um, Hunter Renfro playing through an injury. We have Mac Hollins playing through an injury. So unless the Raiders fall behind, it's tough for me to imagine them doing anything other than feeding Josh Jacobs until he's obese. Yeah, I mean, we should mention, too, that Jacobs is on the injury report this week uh, with the foot, and he's been limited so far. I mean, if he's limited again Friday and, like, listed questionable, yeah. I think that takes him out of cash consideration. But I, it, I agree. My, my, my guess is they're just taking it easy on him. They've given him a ton of touches over these last three games. So we'll see. If he's full go Friday and not on the injury report, um, I'd feel comfortable with him in cash. But um, Alan Kamara and Tony Pollard chuck in right now as our top two values at running back. So I'll be playing those two guys probably along with Josh Jacobs in – Cash lamps. I mean, you know, Pollard's going to take over as, as Dallas's lead back, assuming Zeke Elliott misses this game. He gets a Bears defense that's 24th in football outsiders run D, 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. I mean, I mean, we did get that game in 2020 that Zeke missed, and Tony Pollard played 90% of Dallas's offensive snaps in that game. It's going to be Kadre Allison and Malik Davis behind him on Sunday if there's no Zeke Elliott. So I think you could get, you know, an 80, 90% snap rate out of, uh, Tony Pollard again this weekend. And then Alan Kamara, 7,800 bucks. I mean, that's just underpriced for the volume he's been getting over the last four games. 17 carries and 7.8 targets per game over his last four. Um, gets a below average Raiders run defense on Sunday. I just now learned that Kadri Allison is on the Cowboys. So we're going to go ahead and play Tony Pollard and not, not assume that they're going to give somebody else the usual Tony Pollard workload. I also love Raheem Mostert across formats here, road game versus the number 29 run defense in DVOA. Derek Henry's probably going to be somebody that's restricted to the GPP side for me here because of that $10,000 salary. Maybe that changes if Josh Jacobs is, I don't know, not in our cash plans because of that foot, but still 10 K is a lot to put on Derek Henry here projected for single digit ownership though, because of that he's facing the league's number 32 run defense in DVOA. He has topped 200 rushing yards in each of his last three meetings with Houston. Now, None of those came last season because Derrick Henry got hurt before each of the meetings with Houston. But again, the Texans are the worst run defense in the league right now. Titans over the past four weeks, meanwhile, have been the fourth most run heavy offense by pass rate versus expected. So we know they're going to run a lot. We know Derrick Henry's probably going to be successful on those runs. He's somebody that you want to have in your plans. Just it's a matter of figuring out exactly where and how it fits. Yeah, he's like my fourth favorite running back for cash. So I, I probably won't get to him as long as Jacobs's foot is okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely want some exposure to Henry in tournaments. I like Raheem Mostert in tournaments. Uh, another guy who, like, value-wise, you could make an argument for him in cash games as well. I just think there are better bets this week. But I definitely want to get some Mostert in tournaments. He, he's good leverage off the Dolphins' pass game. If you don't want to play Tua, who's going to be pretty chalky, you know, you play Raheem Mostert and just hope he gets the touchdowns instead of them going to the passing game. And then I think uh, Kenneth Walker is interesting in tournaments too. You know, he's up to 8,400 bucks on Fando. So he's coming in at just 9% projected ownership. I think because of that price tag that, you know, that, that might be a fair price for this guy the rest of the season. Uh, Walker has 21 and 23 carries 
over the last two games. He didn't see a target last week, but his route rate was up to 62%. If it, if it stays in that area, like he's going to you know get a few targets per game, which is going to help. And then he gets the Giants on Sunday. Um, New York is 30th in football outside his run defense DVOA, giving up 5.7 yards per carry to running backs so far this season. Yeah, I mean, he's probably Nick Chubb for a team that doesn't have a Kareem Hunt, right? So it's, it's a fair price already, I would say. Yep, agreed. Wide receivers for cash. You see the same trio leading the dollars per point board mm-hmm. as on DraftKings. Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, Amon Ross St. Brown up there. Cooper Cup pops here as fourth in dollars per point. He was much further down the list on the DK side. Um, but I don't see much difference between him and Justin Jefferson on FanDuel. They're separated a little bit in salary, um, but they're both great bets for targets, great bets for production this week. Um, I think you can chase the target certainty of those guys. You can play Jefferson and Cooper cup in a lineup and skip on those high price running backs. We talked about um, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs in particular, because both of these guys are in the nine K range over here, but they can, they give you the same thing that we like in those high priced running backs in that we chase those guys because we love the certainty that they're going to get touches. That's Jefferson and Cooper cup. They're absolutely going to get targets in their game. So they make sense as high dollar cash plays. Yeah. I mean, no argument against those guys for me. Um, I'd probably rather go with the higher price running backs and save a bit at wide receiver, especially on FanDuel where it's just a uh, half point for reception. I do think there are nice um, you know, middle mid range priced wide receivers this week. I do think DeAndre Hopkins is a nice play after, you know, he, caught 10 balls on what was it 14 targets in his first game back. I look Chris Olave here talked about him on a drafting show. I think 6,900 bucks on FanDuel is also a nice price. The guy has 11.8 targets per game over his last four games. No Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry again this weekend. So, you know, Olave should dominate targets again for the saints. And then, you know, in the low six Ks, I think DJ Moore at 6,200 and I think Brandon cooks at 6,100 um, are decent values. If you need to get a, you know, cheaper wide receiver in there, I think both those guys are pretty nice target bets cooks, especially with Nico Collins out this week. There's really not much else to throw there in Houston now. I agree with that. Alave over 13 FanDuel points in four straight games. Now Raiders is the second best scoring matchup for quarterbacks, third best for wide receivers. And Alave fits particularly well if we do have a healthy Josh Jacobs ready to go in our cash lineups. You get value at wide receiver plus the correlation with the Raiders running back for that game. GPP side, I mean, all the guys that we mentioned so far are in consideration for me here. Uh, Another that I want to throw in is Tyler Lockett. The hamstring, even though it's better, he was a full practice participant on Thursday. So not worried about that overall. I think that's still enough to to keep him out of my cash plans because we've Mm -hmm. certainly seen guys that we thought were healthy tweak their injuries in that game anyway. But 7,600 bucks, he's affordable enough. Um, like I said, back to that full practice. So not really worried about that injury. He could be flooded with targets in this game, which we expect DK Metcalf to miss at this point. Giants are a neutral scoring matchup for wide receivers. Seattle passing game is not going to get overplayed because there's nothing highlighting this particular spot. And Kenneth Walker, I think, is probably still going to be the highest owned Seahawk for FanDuel tournaments, even if it's lower than he is on DK. So there's a bit of leverage there, but really it's just a matter of betting on Tyler Lockett when he's set up to get as much as Seattle wants to give him. Yep. I like Tyler Lockett for tournaments. I'm with you. I'd probably stay away from him in cash. Um, I like Adam Thielen for tournaments too. You mentioned him as a, you know, potential Kirk Cousins stack. I like that idea. You can play Thielen even outside of Cousins lineups. He's still just, he's only 6,200 bucks on FanDuel. Um, He's seen seven plus targets in five straight games. Now he he's 18th dealing is among receivers and expected fantasy points over the past five games. So he's been getting, you know, wider, wider receiver two 
level usage. Um, you know, I still think he's a pretty good touchdown bet, especially for the price tag. And again, we, we like the Vikings passing game in general against Arizona this week. I want to mention too, even if you're not playing a Miami or Detroit lineup here, I think Jalen Waddle is worth a look as a standalone option from that game. He's going to be rostered a lot less than Tyree Kill in the same situation that we like for Tyree Kill. Easier to fit Jalen Waddle into a lineup at 900 cheaper in FanDuel salary. And he might not have as good a chance at ceiling as Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill's a better bet to get those targets. But mm-hmm. I think if we're looking at just the one-week ceiling for each player, I think Jalen Waddle's one-week ceiling is just as high as Hill's one-week ceiling. Agreed. Tight end for cash. What are you doing here, Jared? Oh, Dale Scottard. I mean, 5900 bucks. that's just like a disrespectful price tag. I mean, you know, I, I, I think we want some exposure to the Eagles on this slate. I mean, they have a 27-point implied total. That's second to actually Miami, who has the highest implied total. That's another argument to play these Dolphins guys. But, um, you know, to me, Goddard's a good value way to get some exposure to the Eagles on this slate. I'm going to have to say that I don't think Dallas Goddard is my guy for any format on here. He's not safe enough for me for cash. Seventh among tight ends and target share, which is fine. 12th among tight ends and targets per game because the Philly doesn't have to throw the ball a whole lot. He's behind Tyler Higby in both of those categories. And that's significant, I think, because Higby's just $100 more expensive here. So it's not a big difference to fit one of those guys. I think Higby's the safer bet. Um, Goddard's top six targets once. He has three games of three or fewer catches and Pittsburgh is third in coverage DVOA against tight end. So it's not a great individual matchup for Goddard here. And then if we're looking at, at tournaments, the ownership level is going to be too high for me to prefer Goddard there. So I, I think he's just going to be a guy I fade. Like I'm not worried about Dallas Goddard this week and redraft. I'm mm-hmm. happily starting him, but here where I care about mm-hmm. the you know floor versus other individual teams or where I'm chasing ceiling and trying to get guys that not everybody has. It just just doesn't work for me. I have no argument against Higby. Um, you know, that the half PPR saps some of his value. Um, I just want to play Goddard. It's, it's more, more fun to play Dallas Goddard. He actually runs routes more than three yards downfield, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think Goddard's a good fade in tournaments. If he's actually going to come in at 17% ownership, there's actually quite a few, tournament tight ends I like this week I mean TJ Hawkinson you know is priced just above Dallas Goddard and Tyler Higby he easily has the best matchup among those three guys Miami 26th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends football outsiders has them 23rd in tight end coverage so I think Hawkinson's a nice you know pretty easy pivot up from Dallas Goddard yeah I think that if I find that $400 doesn't really matter in salary I'd rather play Hawkinson across formats here I think he's probably got a higher ceiling than Goddard here because of the team facing a pass funnel defense it's a home underdog again the matchup is better for him so I like Hawkinson across formats and I'm going to mention Mike Gusecki one more time because apparently I'm a big fan now 5400 for him here facing the number four defense in adjusted fantasy points allowed two tight ends second worst defense in DVOA coverage against tight ends 25th and overall pass defense DVOA so even if you're like yeah Matt but we've talked about how Mike Gusecki's not a tight end he's a wide receiver fine mm-hmm. the Dolphins aren't I mean the, the Lions aren't particularly good against any position in coverage here so we've also got Gusecki pegged for low ownership so even though it's kind of a spotlight matchup for DFS use doesn't look like that's going to bring Gusecki's ownership level up too much. And as we've mentioned on shows the last two days now, he's coming off two consecutive seven targets game, seven target games. And one of those was a game that they led the whole way against Pittsburgh. So it's not even like they were just chasing from behind both times. 
Yeah, uh, Durham Smite's banged up too, which you know you might laugh at, but he's kind of been the guy stealing some routes and targets from Gesicki at times this season. So that was only helped Gesicki's outlook. Um, I'll mention Irv Smith one more time too. I think you mentioned him when you were talking about Kirk Cousins, but um, just five thousand bucks for Irv Smith. He's he's had a decent passing game role over the last three games now. He's been around like sixty to seventy percent of the pass routes. He's averaging four point three targets per game over this span. So not big volume, but you know enough. And he's used around the uh, goal line quite a bit. And the Cardinals are thirty first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Yeah. And certainly like the savings to help us, you know, absorb any of the risk that goes with Irv Smith and Jared, let me tell you that player injuries are never something to laugh at. So let's uh, have some respect for Durham Smith defense, Washington, 3,400. We mentioned on the DraftKings show 3,400 against Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger might be awesome. He might be terrible. We're willing to bet on the terrible side at 3,400 bucks. Yeah, uh, struggling O-line for the Colts, too, which I think makes Washington a pretty easy cash play for me. I do like the Colts on the other side of that matchup as well, $3,900. The the Colts are favored in this game, despite Ellinger being under center. Washington has the third lowest implied total on the main slate, so probably more of a tournament play the Colts would be for me. I'd rather just save the $500 on Washington in cash, but I do think the Colts um, have just as much, if not more, upside in that game. And according to the numbers in our lineup generator right now, it looks like those are going to easily be the two most rostered defenses on FanDuel this week. We'll see if that changes into the weekend. But I think that's probably enough to uh, fade them because neither is a lock to score in tournaments. And I like the Seahawks at 3,500 against Daniel Jones. So the story and probably an underreported story is Daniel Jones not turning the ball over this year, you know, especially relative to what he used to be. He's gotten a lot better at taking care of the ball. But Past two weeks have seen the Seattle defense get a lot better as well. They ramped up the pass rush where the Giants are still vulnerable. They're allowing the third highest pressure rate in the league for the season. And the Seahawks have two takeaways in five straight games and six of their seven games for the season. So this defense started out terrible. They have made some changes. They're playing a lot better the past couple of weeks. I think there's at least a chance that the Giants have a tough game in this one. Yeah, definitely possible. I mean, are you going to trust this seven-game sample size from Jones over what he showed us his first, you know, three seasons when he was a sack and turnover machine? I mean, I think part part of it is the Giants have have been able to go run heavy in most of their games, but if you get Seattle jumping out to lead, I definitely think they're still upside uh, in facing Daniel Jones. I think this is a good week too in tournaments to pay up at defense if these cheaper ones are going to be popular. Um, Dallas home for Justin Fields and the Bears is in a great spot, five thousand bucks. Uh, Philly home for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. They're in a great spot. And then San Francisco, I think, um, who really has had the Rams number for the past few seasons now. And that defense had a big game against the Rams when they met back in week four. Well, that's going to do it for this week eight FanDuel podcast. Remember to go ahead and take your money out of FanDuel right now if you actually want to have it before they lock up your account. But if you are going to play on FanDuel this week, head to DraftSharks.com. You can play with the lineup generator. You can build your own lineups to play on FanDuel, on DraftKings, or on Yahoo. You can also find Kevin's articles highlighting top picks for the week in cash and GPP games on FanDuel. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.